Stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens. And Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light. I'm Winnie King. And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young ears. This is Raising Joy. Hi, and welcome back to Raising Joy. Hey. I'm Kristen Perch. And I'm Winnie King. And we are going to do a little talking about hair today. You know, because we were talking earlier about humidity and what it does to my hair. And and then I started going down the rabbit hole of <laughs> of being a black woman and having to deal with the trauma of hair. Yes. Seriously. it is It is such a traumatizing kind of thing. It's why I went natural because, you know, easily... If, um, you know, you were doing the, the the perm and the creamy crack, that's what we used to call it when yeah. you straighten your hair. You could be in a salon for four to six hours easily. And how often? Every week, every other week, every other week, every other week for that. Now, if you have braids or if you're getting extensions and something, you know, that it's it's still forever. I mean, I, that's why I've never done braids because I don't want to sit here for eight hours. I understand that. That's a lot. I have a lot of hair um, and it takes around four hours to do like a cut and a color. Like, and I do it about every four to six weeks. Like it takes okay. a while. I can do that. Right. And and that's, yeah, because it's every four, four to six, six weeks. weeks. But, but like not every, every other week. That, that's a that's, huge time commitment. Yeah. And, and, and it's not that, I, I just, I can't, that's why I went natural. I just said, okay, forget it. Just give me some color, slap some color on me and we're all good. But, yeah. but you know, the men have a whole different experience you know, yeah they do they get to sit and josh and and hackle and cackle and you know talk about all kind of stuff that i would be blushing about i'm sure and well the other good thing about most men's haircuts is that if you needed to get in and out you, you could can't, you can but there's no getting in and out without no, no, hair no 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 there is no that that's not a that's not a thing so i don't know but, yeah but today we are honored to have a Fort Worth medical student with us um, who's breaking barriers and stigmas and uh, creating a positive change in our community. And I'm so excited. To yeah. See okay. So Antonio Ebo Kitty. There you go. Yeah, I said <laughs> yes, it. Ebo Kitty. He is a third year medical student at TCU's Burnett School of Medicine. He's also the founder, which is why we started talking about hair. Yes. He's also the founder of Barbershop Talk Therapy, which he created so men of color would have a safe space to talk about mental health. We want to thank you so much for all you're doing because that's an important thing. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to talk about the barbershop. Okay. And, and not the traumatizing of women. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the opposite. Hey, but maybe, well, we'll talk about it at the end. Maybe this is next. Maybe, maybe it is. Beauty Shop Talk. Who you knows? know, who knows? We're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> We're going to have to figure it out. So, so tell us, yeah. like, yeah, what? tell us about the initiative. What's your program? Let's hear about it. Yeah. So uh, Barbershop Talk Therapy Project was an idea that I created during my first year of medical school. Hmm. Uh, I wanted to be able to provide a resource for men of color, particularly, uh, to not just feel good when they get their head cut, to be able to talk about things that they hadn't talked about. Uh, when COVID happened and there was a lot of, you know, uh, mental health stigma, there was a lot of stress and anxiety that was going on. You start to see a lot of men in particular, not just dealing with the things of being laid off from work and not having to be able to provide for their family, which for a lot of men, they they take a little bit of the ownership, but take a, bit, a little bit of their identity with that mm. and not knowing where to go with that, right? Um, and so 
come into the barbershops. The barbershops were still open. Yep. Barbershops were still cutting hairs, even <laughs> in the midst of COVID. Uh, and it was a place where men could talk about things, right? Yeah. Um, but if we could figure out a way to be more uh, structured with it, if we could figure out a way to actually even have a therapist mm-hmm. uh, to kind of bridge us into, you know, actually seeing a therapist Great. or seeing uh, a mental health professional, then we can kind of see some even more growth and we can take that home back to our families. And so that's where the idea came from. And it's just been, you know, blossoming ever since. And black men really do have probably one of the strongest holds on not wanting to talk about their mental health and trying to hold it all in and trying to, I'm strong, I got this. And you're tearing everything up around you. Right, exactly. (laughs) You don't have this. Exactly. And when you think about, you know, kind of some of the different things that you deal with as a, as a man of color, mm-hmm. uh, you think about all the structural and systemic things that you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. You're thinking about um, health disparities. You're yeah. thinking about just regular things, regular run-of-the-mill things, your job. That's stressful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes kids can be stressful. Everything can be stressful. But you don't really think about how your mental health is at the back burner of that. And so, so often we just say, hey, you know, I'll worry about that later, but it's coming to the forefront in so many different things that we do. Right. Um, and when men of color, it's just hyper-augmented, right? Mm. You don't really talk about any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen in a lot of the different barbershop series and sessions that we've had, men will say, this is the first time I've ever said this to anybody. Mm. And wow. it's just impactful to see, you know, how just this one session where we're breaking down years, decades even of just you know, trauma and anxieties and stigma that have come from, you know, just generations of this is how it's always been and this Mm -hmm. is how it's going to continue to be. Tell us how this gets started. I mean, so you walk into a barbershop, you've already a targeted one, you know where you want to be, you call the fellas together or you just have them there and you walk in the door. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a partnership. So uh, like, I, I just mean, wanted a haircut. All right. I, don't know. I didn't want to do all this today. So we try to intentionally have them on Sundays. A lot of the times barbershops are closed on Sundays. Oh. And so that way that people who are coming are intentionally coming for wow. the combination of a haircut and a therapy. So they don't have to feel like, oh, man, I got to wait three and a half hours to get a haircut. Like, what's all these people doing here type of thing? And we want to make sure that we're allowing people to have like an organic space uh, that they don't feel forced on to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way it usually starts is I've been partnering with the Family Action Center here. I'm actually located in Stop 6 mm. um, with specifically Dr. Carlos Walker and, and Ms. Nakia Cole. Um, and they have, with the connections that they have, we've been able to, you know, identify barbers through the Barbershop Alliance they have relationships with. And uh, so we started off kind of going towards Como House of Fades and different places like Crazy Cuts and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, we identify the barbers. The barbers enjoy the idea. We say, hey, we want to pay you to be able to provide free haircuts for the patrons to maybe entice them to come a little bit more and talk about certain things. And who's saying no to that? <laughs> I'm telling you, you get a free haircut on a Sunday after yeah. church. Oh, wow. Like, I'll do that every time. So, uh, And then so we just have that. And then we have discussion. I usually have a therapist or some type of psychiatrist, uh-huh. uh, Dr. Brian Dixon. He's a child and adolescent psychiatrist. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been very focal in a lot of the different barbershop events that we've been having. And, uh, and so we just kind of have like a group session. We let people know that uh, everything is confidential. What happens in the barbershop stays in the barbershop. Of course. Um, and then we allow there to understand that there is opportunity for debriefing. There is an opportunity to have space to continue these conversations, right? And so the the, the barbershop sessions usually last for about two or three hours. Wow. Uh, they were only supposed to last one hour, but they always run over, right? Because so wow. many people 
are, are talking, are talking, they're conversing, they're strategizing, right? Mm. There's not even just the the healing component. It's how can I make my community better component? So wow. there's a lot of different things going on and all at the same time you're getting a haircut to look good. So it's a, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. I think this is so incredible. I, just because it's it, you're meeting people where, where they, they are. are. Mm-hmm, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. You're meeting them where they are. Exactly. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. I just. I yeah. It's that's amazing. That's great. So talk about how we can better support black boys and teens because yeah, you know you got men who are now just finally cracking that 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 door open, but we still have young teens and we've got boys who are coming up behind them. Right. And they are, you know, cause I have a son, you, you're taught, you don't cry, mm-hmm. you hold it in, you're a man, you, you buck up, you know, mm-hmm. what, how do we help support? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is um, we're not just reaching back. Um, we're, we're teaching back. And I think the second thing is we have to understand how vital representation is, mm-hmm. right? Like I had never seen a doctor that was a black man growing up until I got to my sophomore year of college. And right. so how that impacted right. me, finally seeing somebody and say, oh, wow, I can do this. Like this is actually tangible for me. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with your your mental health and it's the same thing with mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing someone, a man, a black man kind of open up, talk about things, talk about trauma all of a sudden, wow, I've never knew that black men were talking about trauma. I never mm. knew that men of color were talking mm. about trauma. Mm. They're going through some of the same things that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And I would have never known that. And so now you make it okay. You make it socially acceptable for these young black boys and young black teens mm-hmm. to say, hey, like, I can talk about this. I can go reach for some help because I'm seeing people in the barbershop doing the same thing. Uh, and at our last session, we had a lot of that. We had a lot of black teens, black boys that were there. And just a lot of them were just kind of watching like flies on the wall, not really understanding some of the things that, you know, their their fathers went through, their uncles or their neighbors. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you just start seeing more and more of them just kind of like chipping into the conversation, just a little bit here and a little bit there. And so now they're reaching out to me afterwards and, hey, when are we doing this? Can we do this at my school? Can we do this at the community <laughs> center? Can we do this? So you just get to see kind of the evolution, like, even right before your eyes with a small sample size like that. Of, right. Like how that representation of seeing that generation open up and be vulnerable and right. destigmatize mental health for the next generation to okay. do that. So. And being vulnerable. Oh, yeah. That's it's hard. It's hard. It's scary. It's powerful, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. And generations. I mean, because, you know, when you think about, well, I think about ACEs. We've, we've talked right. about mm-hmm. adverse, you know, things that have happened, and it's just, it's a lot. But mm-hmm. when I think about, you know, what black men have endured over the generations, um, it's it's a wonder. Um that we're all still standing, right? Mm-hmm. But because we've we've come through a lot, so I, I love this idea. This is so. What's your hope for the future? I, I honestly, it really was kind of like a mustard seed at first, right? I didn't really <laughs> expecting <laughs> a lot of it at first, little bitty, right? Like I remember, we would have like five people show up to the barbershop events, and then at our last one, we had close to a hundred people show what? up. Shut up! And so it's just kind of growing and growing, and the more and we only planned on doing two or three of these. We didn't even plan on. <laughs> like, How long have you been doing it? About two and a half years. Yeah, two and a half years. And so uh, it literally, the community is always like, oh, we want another one. And I was like, oh, we only have enough funding for Okay, <laughs> for and one where are them, we so. going to put them? We need a, we need right. American Airlines Center. <laughs> I know. It's, it's something. But it speaks to the need. It yeah, does. exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, people are, like, they need to share. Uh-huh. And it's, they didn't know, and mm-hmm. they came, and they're like, wait, 
you know, and they open up and like that. It's just incredible to give them that space. Exactly. And oh. I think, it's, you know, it, it being 2023, I think people are really hungry for that. Especially now that we've come through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about mental health, mental health, mental health. Mm-hmm. It. I don't I don't know, but I don't believe it has the same stigma that it used to. So now people are saying, I need this. I need this because I tell people all the time. I'm in therapy and you want me there. Right, exactly. <laughs> Shoot. It's more so like what is it, what does it look like now and how That's do true. I get it, right? What does that accessibility look like? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that a lot of times community-oriented events where people can just go where they already at makes right. them feel more comfortable and it's more trustworthy, right? right? Like when you build that trust with the community, you do build a bridge and a pipeline um, for success. And, and I love the fact that it's in a, a, a neutral space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The barbershop is kind of a neutral space. Mm-hmm. It's not church. It's not work. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a in the middle. I don't have to be overly uh, religious or, you know, you, I don't have to go that route. I can be in this safe space. I can be vulnerable. Right, exactly. And I think that's what brings a lot of the magic to the barbershop. I, honestly, we try to see what it would look like doing it at community centers. Doesn't mm-hmm. have the same vibe. approach. It doesn't Mm-mm. have the same vibe. Mm-mm. Churches thought about it, but Mm-mm. it just doesn't have the same. It's just something about this particular space mm-hmm. uh, that's just such a, a dynamic space just for men of all types, right? Like men come to the barbershop just to talk about things. Sometimes people just come to the barbershop just to talk. Don't just even to want talk. Don't, don't even want a haircut. Right? Like, I, you know, I've 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 seen that. Yeah, because I've taken. CDs and I've taken I, <laughs> <laughs> selling chicken. Right, just, <laughs> someone's always gonna be there. Somebody's always always gonna be gonna there. Be there. Yeah. I know when I was taking my son to the barbershop, it was intimidating to me because there would be so many men around. Mm-hmm. I would go sit in the car. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know what they do in there. Yeah, but I'm but, gonna come out here. But I'm coming out in the car, and you know, you come back to the car, honey, when you're when you're finished, and. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it's it's a great space and you've seen people, uh, you know, be in that space and how they shuck and they chime and we're just, you know, we're just really out and being who we are, mm-hmm. being authentically ourselves. Exactly. That's I think that's what it is. When you can just kind of walk into the space and just be yourself. Exactly. And you start to see now the rawness and you uh-huh. start to see the, uh-huh. oh, this happened to me. Or this happened to me. Right. Let's talk about this. Right. We're in a safe space. Or right. We're amongst brothers. Right. And now you have and you have a professional who's sitting there. Exactly. You know, helping to guide that conversation. That makes it really good. Yeah. And Dr. Dixon, uh, he has really just been like a gem, a savant almost when he comes into these spaces because he just knows exactly how to let the conversations flow. Sometimes people can be a little bit intimidated in group settings uh-huh. to speak. Uh-huh. So he just knows exactly how to say it and when to say it. And before you know it, some, even the the ears on the walls are starting to participate okay. and come from the back. Okay. So it's a, okay. it's a great experience. How, how do you, how do you uh, uh, coin this? How do you, you know, this is mine. <laughs> this is what I did. Trademark it. Uh, I mean, I honestly haven't really thought about trademarking it because this is something I was just doing for the community, something that I wanted to do because this is the need that I saw in my community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we recently started saying, okay, well, maybe we should start trademarking it so we okay. can get a little bit more funding. So we're in the process of getting our nonprofit status, and that way we can Perfect. be able to receive a little bit more funding. Perfect. Um, to kind of go towards some of the different events. That Perfect. We have. And then and then go to other areas. And- exactly. Yes, wow. ma'am. Wow. Yes, ma'am. Wow. So- I I'm just in awe. <laughs> like I. Like, I- just I yeah I like I'm like beyond words like I'm just so inspired like you're incredible I mean because you just you you hit right 
in a spot that was so incredibly needed, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm always looking for what, you know, people who open a business don't open a business because a thousand other people have opened that business. They're looking for something to where it isn't, right. where it's not. Uh, and that's where I want to be. And you found a spot where nobody's been. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's a spot where people want it to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like people want to be able and to need it. be in their community. People want to be able to trust the person that's coming in their community. And you don't just come into a community saying, oh, we're trying to do this for you, right? You work with the community, like, all the time. You work with them day and night. So build you trust. can build that trust. You have to. And so you're not just doing this for the community. You're doing this with the community. And right. I always say this isn't my project, but the this is the community's barbershop right. project, right? right? So Was anyone, like, hesitant? Was anyone, like, or a naysayer? Yeah. Or were they like, they, that'll never work? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. It's kind of funny because when I was trying to get grants for for the barbershop to kind of get it off the ground, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, that's a great idea, but they really want to be like, oh, I want to see more, I want to see this. Mm-hmm. So I remember applying to a lot of different grants and just mm. always getting no's and no's and like, wow, like, this is kind of difficult. So just really kind of being, like, persistent. persistent. Exactly, yeah. and I was able to get a, a grant from the American Psychiatric Association. Oh. Uh, and so they were able to provide that for a little C money. Okay. And that's really, we've been going forward ever since. Okay. Well, let's talk about your journey because, you know, you have a special journey. This is, this is a special niche for you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So tell me about your medical journey. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in a single parent household in Little Rock, Arkansas. Shut up. You from Little Rock? You know somebody? No, my (laughs) ex-husband. Oh. (laughs) Let me not comment on that one. That may be a soft spot. So. Like, we'll just switch lanes. Yeah, let's like let's keep on, keep right. going. That's okay. That's he's fine. He's good. He's good. But my mom, she she raised me and my siblings, um, and she did it with all she had. It was always motivating. Mm-hmm. She always dealt with a little bit of sickness here and there, though. So kind of seeing people sick and made me naturally want to be a helper or in a service. Um, a service business mm-hmm. when I got older. Mm-hmm. Didn't really know what that looked like yet. And so when I finally got to undergrad, um, I saw the first black physician that I have ever saw in my life at that time. Wow. Before then, the only black physician I ever saw was Bill Cosby on the Cosby show. So I was kind of <laughs> wondering, wasn't like. wasn't even real. You know, Dr. <laughs> yeah, so that's a whole other. <laughs> but that gave me kind of like this motivation, like this, oh, wow, this is actually something that I can foresee myself doing in the future. And okay. so. Where'd you go to undergrad? I went to University of Arkansas. Okay. So we'll okay. pick Suey. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. I ain't saying nothing. Okay. All and right. then now you're in Fort Worth. Now in medical school. Work, in medical school. Um, Want to pursue the field of psychiatry. Woo-hoo. Excited about what that looks like. And I apply to residency in September. So. Okay. And we're already recruiting. <laughs> yes, that's right. Don't worry, guys. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> we're already recruiting. So in fact, my- you're going to be at Cook Children's for a little bit, right? Yes. I actually start my uh, child psychiatry rotation this Monday. Okay. And I'm excited okay. to uh-huh. get the experiences and work uh-huh. along some amazing doctors and really get more developed into this into this future future oh, career. More are. more recruitment. Right. I heard <laughs> you have big plans for this weekend. Yes, so I'm actually going to San Francisco, the uh, American Psychiatric Association National Conference, uh, to present research on some of the things that I have gained and and learned from the barbershop and just seeing if that maybe can spark and entice other folks from around the country to do something similar or if there's some type of way that we can kind of spread out mm-hmm. and kind of make this something that's more country, you know, nationwide. Right, right, right. Um, you know, I love DFW, but I may not be in DFW when I <laughs> when I leave for residency. So just kind of okay. figuring out ways to kind of spread this and make sure okay. that other communities are, you know, seeing the same same Are you progress. gathering data? 
Yeah, so through the American Psychiatric Association, the grant that they provided me, Mm -hmm. um, through the Helping Hands grant, Mm -hmm. um, they were able to give me seed money, but in contingencies, I had to also present research. And so I have been, I collect data at all the barbershops. And so I just say, hey, how are you feeling right now? I do kind of PHQ2s throughout. We do, you know, how did this event affect you? Just really Mm -hmm. small surveys. Mm That mm-hmm. just kind of go along the lines of, hey, as long as you complete the survey, you'll get your free haircut type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, people never really say no. So <laughs> we, just keep, we just keep getting the data. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Have Have you seen some good results? I mean, yeah. obviously, like we, you, you tell us about the results, but has I mean, it like yeah. going out from an hour. hour to three hours? That's oh, a yeah. result. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. from five to a hundred. Yeah, that's a know. good result. But what else are you seeing? I think one of the things that I saw that was the most, I think, striking was um, I probably have like a sample size of close to around 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and about 25% of the people on one of the questions is like, where do you feel safe? And 25% said, I don't feel safe anywhere. And Aww. so I felt like that was just the most striking thing to me wow. because it just shows yeah. like this level of um, kind of fear that yeah. kind of is always yeah. circulating around us. This anxiety is always yeah. circulating around us. Yeah. And what do we do with it? Right. Yeah. And so, uh, I think the data is just kind of showing more and more where there's a lot of work to be done, particularly in our communities, and how can we be more creative and to go into our communities as opposed to kind of being on the peripheries, right? So You're going to change the field of psychiatry. I think that you will have lots of interest um, with your presentation on this I'm weekend. I'm hoping so. I, I really do. I'm hoping I, so. I think, I think people will see it and be like, Yes, let's do more of that. I bet your mother is just busting her buttons. Ain't she did? Proud of you. You know it. (laughs) (laughs) I know she is. I know she is. That's so wonderful, though. What keeps you going? Um, I think what keeps me going is knowing that I'm walking in my purpose. You know what I mean? Like, it took a long time. This wasn't just a straight and narrow road to get here. And all the different people I've met and things that I've been through, um, it just kind of reinstills this ability for me to say, okay, let me look back and be appreciative of those little moments and then know that every single thing I've been through is me walking in my purpose. And so mm-hmm. I think that I've always been someone strong in my faith. And mm-hmm. so that just is something that I hold on to and know that, you know, I'm coming to where I need to be and I'm, you know, impacting lives along the way. So I think that's a beautiful thing. Oh my God. And I will say work in psychiatry is hard. Yeah, like it's yeah, a it heavy is. burden, yeah, especially I, you strike me as someone who's social and like an extrovert. And yes. I, I also is that, am that kind of person, but being on and talking to people and listening all day long, it like kind of drains my social battery, your battery. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think exactly what you said, if you hold on to like, I'm walking to my purpose, like mm-hmm. this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that charges your battery. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm glad that you know that and yes, you ma'am. found it. That's amazing. Yes, ma'am. But, oh my gosh. But be clear about what is good self care for you. And that's the truth. Yeah. So I think for me, like I'm married. So making shine time to intentionally spend time with my wife, like mm-hmm. on Wednesdays, neither of us do anything related to anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, her and myself. You. Yep. Okay, like you know, that's what we do at Cook Tools. We have no meeting Wednesday. Yes. There it is. Oh, something is going on here. Something is going on here. Yeah. I knew I was going on the right rotation. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I write poetry. That's something that I really feel is my cup, that type of thing. Mm. Uh, really a big sports head. All things football, all things Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know what buttons I'm pressing on this. But, okay, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, but, no, but whatever fills your cup. Exactly, it's yeah. just whatever fills your cup, honestly. And yeah. so these are just things that you know kind of makes me keep me going, right? right? Keeps me happy. Well, I just need you to keep thinking about that as you go deeper down into this 
this hole of where you're going. Yes, ma'am. Just holding on to that mm-hmm. and making sure you even add to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be travel next time or it'll be something else that you'll do. But but something that gives you that ability to recharge yeah. so you can come back fresh mm-hmm. and we're not killing you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I, I like how life is dynamic, right? So maybe right now these are my hobbies, but, yeah, but you know, maybe next year something I may try to pick up a language. I may try to do more travel. Okay. You know, you never yeah. know what's, what's going good. on. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> Wow, wow. Well, that... I'm so inspired. I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm this happy. is joy. The, oh, 100%. This is many... I've had a, a week. Yes. We'll just call it that. Okay. And this has brought me a lot of joy. Definitely a high point in my week. It nice. really is. Thank it, you. It really is. I'm not just saying that. For we've, real, we've for real. Hard oh, we've had a hard week together. We both have. We both have. And yeah. this... This lifts me. This, this has been the joy of my me. week. So I appreciate you all and yeah. what you all are doing in this podcast as well. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So what are we grateful about? So I am grateful for my hairdresser, <laughs> Miss Jamie Causey. <laughs> okay, she gets me right every okay, six Amy. weeks. But she's, she's my you. therapist. Okay. I mean, she's not a trained therapist, but we... But you get to talk. Yes, because I'm there for four hours. And so we we talk about, we catch up on all kinds of things. And so I am just grateful for... Yeah. Everything that she does, and um, yeah, she inspires me uh, and challenges me in ways that I need to be. Okay, she's the okay. best, and okay. she's really good at hair. So there's there that you go. too, <laughs> and she makes you look good. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie, you're the best. Okay, there you go. And what Antonio, about- what are you? What are you grateful for? Um, since we're in the the realm of hair, I'm thankful for my wife when I can't get a hair because she'll try to line me up in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, so okay. that's always nice. Right, like that's, that's a handy. You know what I mean? Handy. So I appreciate you, India. Yeah. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I'm uh, I'm grateful for the generation coming up behind me, and uh, and what they're doing to pull everybody together and try to make sure that we're getting what we need mm-hmm. and uh, making an incredible impact. I'm just I'm so I'm not your mama, but I'm yeah. proud of you. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I really am. I I'm very proud that. of what I you're doing. That so much. Um, I, and I'm grateful for that yes, spirit of. I want to do something. I want to make an impact, and I'm going to do what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that it's doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just when people want something and when you do it with good intentions, and you don't have anything you're expecting from it, then right. it, it just kind of goes the way it's supposed to go. Right, right, right. Okay. Hand, hand of God on it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much, Antonio, for joining oh, us. I appreciate you all. This Thank you. This has been so awesome. Uh, okay, we've talked about what we're grateful for, but you know what we do. Yes, that's right. So thank you guys for listening to yep. us. Yep. And until next time, all right, just breathe. Open up. You, you matter. matter.